Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 27. After our weekly segments, we are going to talk about routines. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Hey, Andrea. Hey, Beth. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, really not too much going on lately. I'm trying to wind down some of my work stuff. I have a project that I'm doing for a presentation for my yoga studio. I'm going to teach them some anatomy, so I'm creating an anatomy presentation, which mm. is kind of a, <laughs> it's a nice refresher, I think, for me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So that's what I was in the throes of right before we started this call, which is why I got distracted because I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to reorder how I'm going to talk about these things. <laughs> it's like a three-hour presentation, and I've never given that long of a presentation oh, before. Oh, wow. So yeah. it's for their continuing ed. So that's what I'm doing. How, what well, are, what's going on with cool. you? <clears throat> uh, nothing too crazy over here. Same old, same old. We've just been... Enjoying our weekend. It was just really nice outside. So I was just trying to spend some time outside. We went on a little hike yesterday. And like Remy's just so cute. He just like runs around and like stops and does this little like squat, which is like so impressive. And, you know, like checks out the ferns and the slugs. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, ew, don't touch that. <laughs> I love watching my kids squat. I'm just like so jealous right? of it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Don't like your butt is like literally almost touching the floor right now. Maybe because your diaper's so fat, but because <laughs> we cloth diaper. But <laughs> nice, it's just really cute. I love it. So, because we're real moms and we have no desire to be perfect, what is your real mom moment of the week? Uh, so mine is forgetting to eat, and this one is significant for me. It might not be for other people, but I never understand how people forget to eat. Like, at all. I've always heard people say that, or I've had clients who say that. And I'm like, how do you forget to eat? <laughs> and at, since I've been a mom, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I get, I get it. And so it definitely has happened. This is not the first time by any means. <laughs> but uh, yesterday, I just had one of those moments. And I've been trying, I try really hard not to, like, rely on smoothies and shakes and things like that. I notice my stomach doesn't feel great when I do them. And I usually don't feel satiated and I like, I'm usually crazy no matter what I put in it, like, and how well I try and chew it. I just am never really satisfied by them. So yesterday, uh, I was actually meeting up with some people to go on a little hike and it was, I was supposed to meet with them at three and like leave by like 2.45 and it was like 2.42 and I was like, I haven't eaten anything (laughs) like since, I don't know, 9.30. So I just, you know made myself a shake and chugged it down kind of like I tell people not to do but mm, you got to eat sometimes right <laughs> well and I'm glad that you made yourself a shake that's I feel like most of the clients that I've had they all talk about like I just I make this great food for the kid and then I don't have time to eat for myself and what do I do and it's like you know what you got to eat something so if you we've I mean we've talked in the past about a good protein powder and like having mm-hmm. things in the freezer if you can get something, it's better than nothing. And I mean, if you're like me and you don't eat anything real, it's like, well, what's, what do I have snack-wise in the closet? <laughs> oh, those gluten-free yeah. Oreos are looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's 
we really don't keep a lot of snacks like that in the house. And sometimes it's a really good thing. And sometimes it's like, dang it, why don't we have snacks in the house? But yeah, that's okay. It was still tasty. And then Remy drank like half of it because he wanted some. So I was like, oh, sure, here, have a little sip. And he was just like gulping it down. I was like, wait a minute, this is mine. (laughs) Ah, sharing. Yes. My uh, my daughter, when she when when I share something with her, she goes, "Hey, mom, I shared." I'm like, "No, honey, I shared." <laughs> That's really cute. Yeah, I love it. She, she does share her stuff too. She'll say, "Mom, is this gluten free? Do you want some?" Oh my gosh, that's really cute. Because she has both gluten free and non gluten free snacks that she Aww. eats. Because you know, a lot of things are not gluten free. That a lot of things are gluten free, but mm-hmm. she doesn't quite put together like, yes, honey, an apple is gluten-free. Your cheddar bunnies are not. <laughs> That's really cute. Remy sometimes puts some food in his mouth and then takes it out and then tries to put it in my mouth. It's very sweet. <laughs> Reverse bird feeding. Yes, exactly. Like, thanks, Remy. <laughs> so my moment for the week, and I feel like I talked about it last week, although everything's running together, time is flying how I felt like we were doing a pretty good job with how we were using treats and rewards for my daughter with some things and that we were using them and they were working pretty well. And I realized we had a couple nights that were really tough in regards to bedtime. And they were all days that she did really well with using the bathroom and doing other things. So she just, I, I don't want to really restrict anything for her, like not allow her to have you know, treat-like items. We do say you cannot have chocolate. This She knows that she can't have chocolate before bed because chocolate keeps her, you know, too awake. But we'll have, like, small treats once in a while or as dessert or things like that. But we realized we had a one really rough bedtime routine, and she'd had a lot of sugar that day. And so I just was like, you know what? <laughs> this whole treat thing is not working she's not abusing it like in the sense of well if she gets one you know gummy bear for going potty she's not now asking for five she's still okay with just one but she wants one every time she goes to the bathroom and there's a certain point where it's like no I want you to go to the bathroom just because you need to go and that in itself is a reward because hey your belly doesn't feel funky anymore so I decided I want to say it was like the day after we talked last. It was that we had a rough night. I was like, you know what? We can have treats just because. And, but we're not going to have them as a reward for something anymore because I don't want her to, one, see them as this like all empowering, I have to do something good for them. And also, I want her to, to do things for herself as well. So it was really not, I thought it was going to be tough, but it really wasn't that hard. It was like, hey, you're not going to get a treat for this, for doing this anymore. I think I like, I let it like, hey, this is your last treat for doing this. And now we're just going to do it just because. (laughs) I will say though, last night she went to the bathroom, she pooped and peed and she was like, hey mom, can I have a treat just because? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So I was like... Yeah, I can handle this. We'll we'll have a treat just because. That's too funny. (laughs) But um, it's definitely a notable difference when we do when we don't have as much during the day. The less we give it to her, the less she asks for it. 
I'm not trying to bribe her with them anymore. And I'm just trying to step back and kind of let her do her thing because she does so much better when I do that. And so I feel like it was started off as a like, oh, man, I created a treat monster. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's it. And I was worried about switching her over and it hasn't been it hasn't been too bad. I love that. I love that for so many reasons, just from like, yeah, because it was like just last week that you were talking about how it was such a positive thing, you know, and how you're using them. And obviously it was, it obviously probably helped like a ton through your process. And then it's like, you just reevaluate and you're like, you know what? It was working really well. And now it's not working so well. All right. So we change like, it's no big deal. I mean, there might be, I'm sure for some kids, some temporary big deal, but like, I have noticed that a lot of things that I work up to be like, oh my gosh, this is going to be terrible. Like it's not bad at all. And I'm sure that's not always going to be the case, but I think our anticipation to changing things makes things a lot worse than it really has to be most of the time. So that's great. Thanks for sharing. No problem. Do you want to start with your tip of the week? Yes. So we've talked about the Instant Pot and like making ahead food a bunch, but I just wanted to give like a very specific make ahead food because I realized I've been doing it a lot. Um, is in the Instant Pot I'm making, making um, pulled chicken ahead of time. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. I, for whatever reason, the real plans that we've talked about before, um, the food, whatever menu plan or thing that I use, it has pulled chicken in a lot of recipes and I never really made pulled chicken before. And um, I've noticed that I put it on like 27 minutes to me is like perfect. I think a lot of the recipes say 25, but that's just not enough. Um, So I do 27 minutes, stick the chicken in there with a cup of water, and you have pulled chicken. Um, If I know what I'm going to make, I'll season it. A lot of times I don't even know what I'm going to make with it yet. And it's just so easy because you don't have to do anything with it. It takes like two seconds to shred if you put it in there long enough. And then you can just like add a million different things. Um, We made like a Waldorf salad yesterday and the recipe called for, oh my gosh, I like read the recipe and I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing this. It was like pound the chicken and then cut it into cubes and then like cook it this way and then you should cook it this way. And I was like this, what? I'm just making pulled chicken and it was delicious. So I just feel like it has made my life a lot easier because I, for whatever reason, don't really like cooking chicken. So that's mine. I love it. Uh, My husband does that for his weekly meal prep that I used to participate in, but then couldn't handle once I got pregnant. (laughs) But I want to make a note is that pulled chicken actually freezes pretty well and defrosts well. So because he'll make it and then sometimes I'll have like more than because he individually makes containers for every day and I'll have some left over. So we I was like, well, let's just freeze it. And because it's already like pulled apart, it can break apart. I mean, yeah, it's probably needs a little extra seasoning or sauce, but it defrosts really well. Sometimes I'll put it, it's like my daughter and I are going on a picnic. I'll put it in a container and I won't even defrost it because by the time lunch hits, it's like defrosted and like fine. Or if for school, it's last minute. It's one of those things that I feel like, we always try to give her something like chicken or leftovers is what we give her for lunch, but sometimes we didn't have a meal that has leftovers or something like that. And so there, it, it, it freezes really well. So I wanted to kind of make a note of that. If you make a ton of it, it's a really nice way to do it. So I love that. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. My tip of the week is, I think we've talked about a lot about 
putting in ways to get kind of different exercises in through your daily routine. But I want to say find an exercise routine to do every day. And whether or not you have a history of injury or something, which I feel like pretty much everyone has, that maybe you have some exercises that make it feel better. And maybe you don't. Maybe you have an injury that you should go see a physical therapist and get some exercises to make you feel better. But find like five to ten minutes of exercises that you can get done that make you feel better and just commit to doing it every day. I feel like it has saved me this pregnancy doing like I have this long, long history of back pain, like 20 years of history of back pain. And my last pregnancy was really tough and I didn't do my exercises very often. And, you know, there was a lot of other stuff going on with that. But this time I've been doing it almost every morning I get up, it's the first thing I do. I've got stretches and a few like glute activation and core activation exercises and I'm done. And it literally can take me five to six minutes. So it doesn't, it doesn't make me late. It doesn't, it really, and I can almost do them in bed. I usually move to the floor because I like the firmer surface. But I think finding just a couple things, then you don't feel like, oh, I missed a workout or I did this. It's like, you know what? I did the few things that I need to maintain my body structure and alignment. Yeah, maybe I'm not building strength or cardio or what have you, but I did those things. So that's my tip of the week. Yeah, I love that so much. I feel like finding a routine like that, it can take a little bit of, um, you know, finagling around to figure out what works for you. But oh my gosh, once you find something like that, I mean, yeah, five to six minutes to make you feel good for the rest of the day. Like how worth it is that? So I love that. That's great. Yeah. And speaking of routines, we can move on to our topic for the week. We are going to talk about routines. Andrea, I'd love for you to get us started on that. I would like to start by saying that routines sometimes are and definitely used to be like the bane of my existence. (laughs) Like I was a very anti-routine person. I don't think purposely, I don't know, for whatever reason, routines just felt like very limiting to me and I'm not gonna lie I kind of used to like judge people who had really strict routines I'm like I don't understand like wow how boring are you um and as I've one researched more and then you know became a mom and a business owner and stuff I've realized how important they are and I'm gonna be perfectly honest I am still really really working on integrating them into my life um but when I do and I can be consistent about it, I see, oh my gosh, they like they make things so much easier. I think the big thing with routines is you're doing it for tasks that have to be done or ones that you want to do, whatever it is, and it just automates it. It makes it so you don't have to think about it and you're not wasting any mental energy figuring out like, okay, what am I going to do next? You know, even little things like, okay, I brush my teeth and then I wash my face and then I take out my contacts. Like, it's like, I don't have to think about that order. I just do it. And I know that sounds really stupid, but there absolutely was a time where I would do those things out of order. And there was, I would go to bed with contacts in like one or two times a week because I just didn't have that specific thing. And then I have to get out of bed and do it. And it's just like, seriously, like, why is this a thing? Right. (laughs) And so 
again, obviously that's a small example and you can build it into much larger things of your life. Like, okay, you get up and you do the certain stretches or you do some certain exercises and then you make your coffee and then you start getting breakfast ready. It's like, you just are on complete autopilot. Your brain, you know, is still getting to turn on for the day and you've already accomplished a whole bunch of things. And I think more importantly, when you can really integrate routines in, they become something that you don't have to question doing if something else comes up. Like when you get in the car, you put on your seatbelt. If your kid talks to you, if you, know, you put your kid in your car seat, if they're still in the car seat too, it's like, it doesn't matter if they protest. It doesn't matter if they don't want to. It doesn't matter if as you're putting on your seatbelt, someone like calls you, like you do it. You don't question it at all. Like nothing's gonna stop you from doing it because it's like, this is what I do, right? And so routines can become that ingrained in us where we're like, yeah, I have to do my exercises. I have to eat my breakfast. I have to, you know, sit down and write 10 pages of the book I'm working on or whatever it is that, you know, you've integrated in. And if something else comes up, it's very unlikely that it's going to disrupt that. So you could keep it um, at a part of your life. That's my initial thing on routines. What do you have, Beth? I love that. I wanted to see where you were taking this because I was like, okay, we're talking about routines. What type of routines are we talking about? But I loved your example of like brushing your teeth, washing your face, taking your contacts out because I always think about it as a shower. I do the exact same order in the shower every single time. Like, okay, maybe once every few weeks I add shaving in, but (laughs) otherwise there's this very specific order. And if somehow I like forget to do the conditioner part I finish my shower and I'm like wait I I go to rinse out my hair and I realize that there's no conditioner in it but in general I don't forget because I do the exact same everything every time and I think that's why the shower is such a great place for people to do a lot of thinking because you don't have to think about what you're doing you have this set routine of how you do things and what you do and and it it does it makes life so much easier i would definitely agree with with setting your life up in a way that you have a kind of a lot of autopilot things and but i would also say too in in my experience especially in momhood is be willing if you need to, to stray from those routines or to adapt those routines because sometimes your day doesn't work out that way that you felt like it would. So if you've got this great morning routine and you're able to get it done before the kid wakes up, but maybe one day your child wakes up before you do and your routine's off, you just have to be like, okay, routine's going to be a little different today and I'm going to go with the flow and it's not going to throw off my whole day. But tomorrow we will do it again. So it's sort of giving yourself grace of, hey, my routine's not going to work out today, but that's okay because I will do it again tomorrow. I tell all my clients from like an exercise standpoint, I want you to do these every day. There's going to be a day that you don't do it and that's okay. Don't beat yourself up for it. Just don't miss two days in a row. So when you're trying to find and develop new routines, that's how I would approach it is test and retest see what works for you or your family depending on that kind of thing don't make it too complicated so particularly like if you're developing a bedtime routine for your child 
this is another real mom moment of the week, although this is like the real mom moment of the last four years, <laughs> is my daughter's bedtime routine takes an exorbitant amount of time. And we don't even do that much. We like go upstairs, have a snack, a few sips of milk, and we may or may not read books depending on timing. Right? That doesn't sound like a lot. Bedtime takes an hour. So I don't know what's going on here, but it's, there's like, maybe she's got to add in some negotiation. And then there's the whole going to the bathroom before we go to bed. I think that adds to it. But just being firm and consistent, which we definitely had some times where it was like, oh, we got extra time today. Let's read five books today. Or, nope, sorry, we can only read one book. And then that leads to a meltdown. And so, so kind of setting up that this is what it's going to be. And you don't need to have a consistent bedtime with, routine with a four-month-old, okay? This, the, kid's, the kid's not there yet. You want to have some things that you do so it's like, hey, by the way, it's bedtime. And for us, when she was an infant, it was just you changing from real clothes to a sleeper. Like, this is bedtime. You know, maybe maybe nurse or what have you or feed a bottle or that kind of thing. But bath is not included in our bedtime routine, and I wouldn't recommend it because there are going to be days where you don't want to give your kid a bath. And you don't want to be that one thing that signals your kid to go to bed. Because most kids don't need baths every day. Um, but I know a lot of people that do add that into our routine, but that adds, my kid loves to play in the bath. So that adds a half an hour. So we usually don't do baths at night. We do them in the morning because we have more time then. So... Yeah, I think that it's really important to have things that you just know, like this is what's going to happen next. And I think that having our own routines can help us set up routines for our kids. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, you know, be totally scheduled and you can't be on demand. But if you have a general guideline of, okay, before we leave the house... I mean, I feel like the other routine is like wallet, keys, phone. Those three things that you say in your head like, okay, wallet, keys, phone, maybe diaper bag or something like that. So you have every time before I leave the house, I go through this mental checklist. It's the same mental checklist every time so that I don't forget. And that can really make leaving the house easier. If there's a specific routine like, okay, before we leave the house, we put socks and shoes on, we go to the bathroom, we do X, Y, Z. And if you follow those routines, it makes it easier for your kid to follow those routines. And anything that's a routine for your child is going to be less of a battle. So that's kind of, um, aside from the routines for yourself, setting them up for your child, in my opinion, saves you from a lot of tantruming. Because it's like, there's no negotiation. This is just what we do every time we do this. So this is what we do before bed. After, you know, this is what we do before dinner. Maybe we always wash our hands before dinner. This is a routine. This is what we do before we leave the house. And those are those transitional times tend to be times where you will have a pushback from your kids because transitions are tough. So setting up routines among those areas are can be really, really important. I feel like... Remy's probably not quite at that age yet where where he needs those specific routines, but it's going to, I think, I feel like it kind of starts around age two that you need to really start being like, okay, this is, this is what we do. They know what's coming. They know what to happen. And there's no reason for them to fight back. 
Yeah, I um, I we do routines with Remy, and we've done a bedtime routine. I mean, and again, like the bedtime routine was changing into a diaper and like kind of maybe singing a certain song and nursing. You know, that was it when he was little. But we actually have always done some sort of thing with him since probably about three or four months. Um, well, maybe five or six months. But basically once he was in his crib, which was six months. Um, and we do do a little bit of a routine before we leave the house. And again, it's not even something that I necessarily you know, set up in any way. It just kind of happened. It's like, okay, we put on our shoes and our socks and then we put you in your um, carrier. And then it's like, I give him his little water cup just to make sure I don't forget to bring his water because I would kept forgetting to bring his water cup with us anywhere we'd go. <laughs> um, and it's like just little things like that. Like that's it. Like that's as complicated. We put on shoes and socks, put him in his carrier and then he gets his water cup. But like that's our routine before we go. And then I do my like you know, wallet keys, phone thing and diaper bag. Um, but I do think, I think routines, you can start from any age because the more that gets ingrained in them, the less, I think the less fighting you're going to have later on. I know my sister was just saying yesterday that with her kids in the morning, she tells them like what they're going to do that day. It's like, okay, we're going to go to the grocery store and then we're going to do this and then this. And it's like, they don't question that. It's like, that's what they do. It doesn't matter if they want to or not. Like, We've talked about it in the morning and like end of story. That's what gets done. Um, and she says that's helped a lot because it just, they, they just know, okay, mom said we're going to do that. So that's what we do. And it makes me think of little things that my parents did or like had us do when we were kids that now as an adult, you sometimes are like, why the hell do I do that? You know what I mean? Like routines can kind of sometimes not be always a great thing, but it's amazing how ingrained they become. Like my parents always made us match our socks and fold our socks and fold our underwear. Like we had to do that. And for how not super neat I am, like I'm a fairly, I mean, I'm a messy person. I have things where I'm neat and my underwear drawer is one of them. Like I have to fold my underwear and my socks. Like I cannot have mismatching socks. I cannot, I don't understand how people have just like a basket of socks and they just pull out what works. Like, Oh my God, like I'm going to cringe just thinking about it. But, like, that probably is because I was forced to do it as a kid over and over. Like, I cannot not do it. Like, I've tried to be like, oh, that would save time. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. Not questionable. Can't take that routine out of my life. Not saying that's a good thing, but, like, use that to your advantage to set up things for your kids. Because if you ingrain something, they just don't question it anymore. Just make sure it's something good. Um, but truly, it's, like, it's amazing what we just start to do and develop in our daily life and we just don't question what we do. So one, if there are things that you do that maybe take up time, maybe question it to make sure they are necessary. But um, two, just remembering that the consistency that it creates is actually really, really healthy for a kid and our own brains. Like it really, really helps them thrive. It is to their benefit to have a routine in place. It gives them safety and security and there's so much research behind that. And I don't know if there's a lot of research in adults directly behind like the emotional aspect, but I can't imagine that it does not carry over to our own lives, especially when, you know, if you have a stressful job, you know, you just never know what's going to happen with, you know, on a daily basis, like having some sort of routine to fall back on, I think is very comforting to our brains and our bodies. It just creates this like safety net. 
And I don't think routines need to be, like I love what Beth was talking about in terms of the flexibility. I don't have time-based routines. It's not like, oh, at 7.30 I do this or, you know, um, at, you know, eight o'clock we have to stop everything and I have to do this. It's very much go with a flow, like, it's just a certain order I do things in. So once I get that momentum going, then, you know, I'm able to keep that up. But yeah, if Remy wakes up like today, he woke up at six o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. So when I'm going to do things is going to shift or it's like today I have the podcast early. So it's like my morning is completely flip flop than what I would normally do. So yeah, being flexible with them in them is really, really important. And um, I also like what you said about not really skipping two days in a row. I think being very intentional about when you're skipping things is important. Um, and I also don't think routines need to happen every single day. So you might have a, you know, on, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I exercise and you have routines set up for certain days. You can totally be very, very flexible with how they are structured. I love all of that. I, yeah, I think that the big thing that I initially was picturing when we were talking about routines was schedules. And the more we talk, I'm like, no, those are two completely different things. So we're talking about routines, not schedules. It's, yeah, because that's much easier to stray from, a lot easier to, it's not time-based. It decreases the stress. The idea of, I feel like schedules make you stressed and routines decrease your stress. I think that's such a good distinction. I love that you said that because I never really thought about that. But yes, I completely agree. And there's like that whole thing about, um, you know, Obama wore, wore the same like suit every single day. And there's just a lot. And that's actually like Steve Jobs wore the same outfit every day because that was part of his routine. And it's something that you just it's one less thing to think about. And when you can take something off your mental load, it's amazing because as moms, we all have gigantic mental load. So think of it as you're just taking this huge chunk off of it. And um, the other thing I wanted to add is I literally had to, like in order to implement a routine, I had to make post-its to remind me of what my routine was, okay? So like I have a post-it that has my bedtime routine in the order I wanted to do it in, okay? Which I was telling someone about that. They're like, seriously, Andrea, you don't do that. I'm like, yeah, I do because I can't remember the order. <laughs> and um, so do it. You got to like, you have to implement it first and it might take a little bit of time and practice and even a post-it note on your bathroom mirror reminding you of what you want to do. But once you integrate it in, you don't have to keep it there. Perfect. So let's do a quick little me time segment. What have you done for yourself this week, Andrea? I've actually just been exercising a lot more. Um, I've kind of gotten back into our home gym and been doing some more workouts um, I'm sticking to the sandbag instead of the barbell for, I won't get into why, but like a number of reasons. I feel like it just engages my core a lot better. And it, I, with a barbell, I just would have to be so focused on form that I just don't want to do that right now. I don't want to spend that mental energy doing it. And the sandbag, you can get away with a lot more because if you screw up the form, you like drop the sandbag. So it's just, it's harder to like cheat with it basically. And so I've been doing that. And the other day I just randomly jumped on the pull-up bar and I was like, I wonder how I'm doing with pull-ups. Cause yeah. And I did like two unassisted pull-ups in a row and I was like, what the Ooh. hell? Like, I don't even know where that came from. I can barely even hang from the bar. So that was super exciting because clearly what I've been doing has been paying off and I haven't even really been specifically targeting that. Anyways, that's fine. How about you? That's awesome. I, mine is actually just happened this morning and I said no. 
So <laughs> my I, I do per diem for the, for the local children's hospital. I cover per diem, and I just got a text this morning if I could do any consistent hours over the summer or work any extra days or anything like that. And I was like, you know, the extra money would be nice, but I'm going to have a baby in about eight weeks. So I really don't want to. And so I just said, hey, no, I'm sorry. And they said, great, no problem. It's it's always, we, we just want to de- double check and ask. And I was really, really <laughs> proud of myself for doing that. And so I feel like sometimes taking care of yourself is just saying no. I love that. And so it's, again, I feel like it's something that we make to be like a bigger deal in our head sometimes. And it's like no big deal. I was doing per diem stuff. Um, Like I had a clinic I used to work at every now and then they would ask me and they asked me if I could work a day and it was on my due date. And I sat there and like hemmed and hawed about it for like a day and a half before I answered. And I was like, no, this is a terrible idea. Why would I say yes to that? And I like gave this huge explanation. I was like, you know, I really doubt I'll be on time, but like, just in case something happened and he was like that's fine like why (laughs) no I didn't know it was your due date I'm like oh yeah clearly (laughs) and it was no big deal and I ended up going into labor so it was a good thing I did not agree to that so good for you that's awesome thanks and that's a wrap thank you so much for joining us today next week we will chat about boundaries follow us on social media for news updates and calls for questions You can find me, Beth, at Feats of Real Eats and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.